Welcome to the Jewel Poetry Podcast's Department of Births, Deaths and Marriages. Please sign in. Here at the Jewel Poetry Podcast, we take the distribution of translated poetry in the form of audio recordings quite seriously. We are a division of the Poetry Translation Centre based in the Albany Theatre in Deptford, London. All poems come in duplicate, an original language version, with its English translation dupe. I am your recordings clerk, Bern Roach Farley. Reflecting our remit, the Department of Births, Deaths and Marriages will be playing three poems reflecting on these three themes. The Caesarean of Three Continents by Cortina Fortes from Cape Verde, Death of a Princess by Garrier from Somalia, and The Married Woman by Adelaide Ivanova from Brazil. The start of the new year suggests a podcast about fresh beginnings, renewal and rebirth, but this of course is impossible as all poems are about death. Or if not death, perhaps the poems are simply about poetry, form. At any rate, saying that a poem is about one particular thing is most often a losing game. The idea that all poems are about death comes from Tom Bowl, a Spanish translator and lecturer who was once my boss of the PTC. He found that picking a poem to read at a wedding was near impossible, because even love poems contain within them the seed of love's withering. Your lover's fresh face is precious precisely because... If you are lucky, one day the same face will remind you daily of the years that have passed and how few are remaining. Poets ruin everything, and translators are only spreading the infection. It's easy to think there is meaning on one side and form on the other, but it's never so neat, and poems tend to meld these two strands tightly together, like the curling phosphate backbones of a DNA double helix. As the translation process itself often demonstrates, You ask a question about form, and you get an answer about meaning. Take, for example, a simple form, the list. Why do we always say births, deaths, and marriages? Surely these life events should be listed sequentially, as births, marriages, and deaths. Does ending with death seem too final? Is there some comfort in listing these momentous events, non-hierarchically, in simple alphabetical order? Or does it just sound better that way? How often is the reason for the final fall of words in a poem? It just sounds better that way. So now, despite human lives never being as simple as the paperwork they generate, and the poems we write never having the flattening simplicity of birth certs, death certs, and marriage certificates, the department is pleased to present one poem about birth, one poem about marriage, and one poem about death. In that order. Enjoy! A Cesariana dos Três Continentes Antes da moeda do corpo ao capital da alma Antes da luz no mar da memória E da pedra e vento na ilusão do rosto Éramos no verão da terra sementes em primavera Éramos a exclamação do lom na lonjura Dando pernas aos montes e braços às montanhas Dando face e sentido às dunas do mar alto Que respiram as coxas, os seios o sexo de Sael. Lembro-me de ti na África do teu ventre, interrogando sobre o isto mais a proa do nosso destino, quando polos e penínsulos de maramoto rasgaram e rasgavam no vórtice da vida, na fratura da terra, a cesariana dos três continentes. Ficamos umbigos de pedra em rodopio entre a pele e o osso das estações. Ficamos então ilha mais ilha sobre o vento, 
pelo arquipélago da invasão. Assim foi a pronúncia, antes e depois do primeiro dia, mais a ilusão da crónica na boca da rocha escrevida. The Caesarean of Three Continents Before the body was coin and the soul capital, before the light on the remembered sea and the erosion of the face by stone and wind, we lived inside the summer of the earth, the seed that had no spring. We were the exclamation of the di in distance. We gave legs to the hills and arms to the mountains, gave a face and a meaning to the dunes of the high seas that breathe out the thighs, the breasts, the sex of the Sahel. I remember you, in Africa your womb, inquiring of yourself about the isthmus and the prow of our destiny when poles, peninsulas and tidal waves tore and tore in the vortex of life, in the fracture of earth, the caesarean of the three continents. We became navels of stone, revolving between the skin and bone of the seasons. We became island and island beyond the wind in the evasive archipelago. Thus it was pronounced before and after the first day and the erosion of the chronicle in the mouth of the written stone. A mulher casada. Sento-me em círculo conforme o evento. Engulo vinho. Deposito no cantinho caroços de azeitonas. Controlo o período fértil. Finjo-me cadastrada. Carteirinha de vacinada. Belo animal doméstico. Celebro banalidades. Participo da conversa. Volto para casa de carona. E muda. Tenho na cabeça coisinhas. Sexo. Biquíni, navalhas, viagens, as azeitonas, os guardanapos, os óvulos, canela, amêndoa, ursos polares. The married woman. I sit in a circle. According to the event, I swallow the wine. I deposit olive pits on the corner. I control the fertile period. I pretend to be registered vaccinated, beautiful, domesticated animal. I celebrate banalities. I engage in conversation. I head home, get a lift, ride mute. In my mind, little things, sex, bikini, razors, travel, the olives, the napkins, the eggs, cinnamon, almond, polar bears. حيا على صلاح حيا على الفلاح للوقت دي ما يمحصوص كروح اللواتر وانا حالة دوم حدقيق الكنا حالة اللي يقولي حنجري القيل للكوح الكاقي سيدي حوك قيل ونحيري هاي حوله لمان وحالو فتاق حقو واقنين حقو لمدقان حلكو واسليد تاد حور دبليو حالك لمسيتان كدو الحيرين حقوا بعاد حفر يا زبيل ملاوى حقاه حقوا مصري وفوق يا حرار إيش حيتي يا دمشي يا حرير كوحي داي سلون أركسو حصلا توقع بعد حوله بي حرم كي ويسكي حوريا نحن بين يال حقوا درحمو حاولا يا عثور كوحي شيرلو حيق يا حرار حور تايسان يو حمال يو أفر تاسي حنان 
حقك هلا لايك قبلنا حيز وحبك برشيد واحرة ودلن حولت جي يوجب ورحي تجلف تريدي حبار لوصل الحكمة وحور العين يا حالي يدي حوشه حالي قالها ساكنا حرقوا حلوريج انتي حوب الكيو داهية دي حلا كلو حيديو ساكن حالي اللي هي قرحي سوضو حلالها بولك اللي كوحي ديو حد حطوي يانا حبحلو قدنتي حدن توتيو حمدي اكو ليل لف حلالة باس حام حامد كي حين فرطيو حسل شوق لك حاشاك الله حب لتشيد اللي هنديان حستي حال غاد الله قبلنا حيز حبيب باي حيد حدوة بكتال أو حلو ذني حكب له دكسيو أو الحجاج عرق درت حاله شيء حرف يا كوريل مرو باي حفتي مرو باي حريو ككفر ذي حمي لا يحاوه حد كجوي سيا حد كجبي سيا إسحابال وحبنا قد كأو حبكي وحنشرا كعوله وينشرا حرير كحيو بسا حنو قاوسا على بها حلك لا حبت قاضيا كيد كي حاس كي حولدادا وحقو بحابو ويا هاي لوغو حيا بانشيري إنو حابق اللوكال حردي هاي دادكي وحاقي جيسا حبيا كالقال لابحو شاقالي لحالي ديسا دارين كيدا حالا ليادون حلحدين حالدكي حاس لديحي سيسا يا حاس الديديا حسب دارا مقالين إلا حيلا لتا هاي غصب لوغو حيلا حالي نمين حافضي كتبي يا حالي حركي كجري وعي حولي سبحة دروقتها حكسجي هربا حكتديد جبال درحوما كل علك حراق ضيا بها حيد وين حيران ضيا كبدي حد يعاشق كحلي لانجاب كحول حق سراء هاي كحول جودية حبس لودريا يدور حريو أنا حكومي قلبي حرا حرب كي عشقي حتر دوها تعالى دي حبك حبت لقفريا ليا حال سليو حول كي تعليد لوحيريا لحباليا حلوى حسوس شاكذا كحلو ماشو واحد جاس حالوتي وحيقا هل كان لو حاجتكو اي حبيب الله حدودتي سطال هيا على سلا come to prayer هيا على فلا Come to salvation. I can't remember which prayer time it was, but I had to answer. It may be the way of this world beneath the witness of the stars, but last night I was told they gorged on clotted blood. The earth there is dry and gleaming, scraped smooth like camel fat. All the goats and sheep have grazed the land bare. The place is ridden with ticks, a desert where no one can rest, a scrubland sitting on oil. Floods of people with guns and without restraints surround it. The place is duned with a humid wind. It is perhaps the hottest time. It is also cities, sprouting skyscrapers, which exhaust the eye, furnished and fringed with damask and silk. They eavesdrop on air's gossip. This is where those responsible hoard their possessions. Rivers flow within that land, 
Waters of the holy places and whiskey foam and froth up there. The place is misery itself. Women burdened with children, hawking and gasping, bearers and bricklayers ground down and harassed. My first quarter is done. Look still more closely. See our young woman, Chais, wholesome as a honeycomb, born within the pale. Like the choicest virgin mare, she isn't bridled for some camel raid, nor a share of the loot. She is heaven's eye, a huri. She is the sun, sharing the horizon with the moon who last night guarded the earth. And this morning passes on his watch, elegantly drawing back the hem, the membrane of the sky like closed curtains. He paints the dawn sky as she rises in her urgency with the fletchers on the arrows of the morning's rays. And she, in this flirtation, because of his caresses, these delicate advances, lets herself be roused. In her fever and her heat, her rising and ripping, self-consuming passion, she throws off her clouds and stands the length of a forearm from the horizon. Can you see her whip-lithe limbs? If I've failed, then ask her to forgive me. Dearly missed, our Hais was a navel to the river of the people. She was part of them, but penned in scrubland and fenced in the pen. She did not have to see that season which sears the trees, feel its harshness or its heat. Only once did she break out. Only once feel the freedom of transgressing their strictures. It was said of Eve that she cut the rope that bound her, breached her limits. And so she tore the silk off that used to cover the hole in which the rat eats afterbirth and blood clots deliberately exposing its shameful weaknesses, its irresponsibilities. She set them out one by one. That tree, the twigs and dry branches of which were kindling, the dead leaves a fuel which used to threaten fire, she confirmed to the people as hollow, a tree of poisonous resin. She disclosed our strongest feelings, that intense intimacy of love which enters into us all. She longed for her elegant boy who swept her away. By not closing off her clean desires, she refused stability. She didn't consider how betrothed through obligation, she was another man's wife, nor took into account that place she came from, nor, poor girl, the law that holds sway there. 
As this liaison continued, it went beyond whispers. As soon as the secret was out, the family of that princess, those wrongdoers, grew wrathful. That gluttonous house got angry. That gifted girl was found guilty of what? Love that was tethered to the branch with short roots that can't reach the heights. The wild choice of the wrong ram. So they threw her in jail. Then, although no one tried her, that holy place of love, which was a seat for her clean heart, that shrine to passion, was opened by a bullet. This is how it was told. She and the boy she loved were cut down and put in their graves. If you only remember one thing about this story, let it be this. The place is Hijaz, the centre of the divine revelation, destination of the Hajj. It is the navel of the prophet, where the beloved of God was born. You've been listening to The Caesarean of Three Continents by Cortino Fortes from Cape Verde, translated from the Portuguese by Daniel Hahn with the poet Sean O'Brien. The Married Woman by Adelaide Ivanova, also originally in Portuguese, was translated by Francisco Valenia with the poet Rachel Long, and Death of a Princess by Garrier, which was translated from Somali by Martin Alwyn, Mahmoud Zahan Alto, and the poet W.N. Herbert. Cristina's poem refers not to a human birth, but to the beginnings of his country, Cape Verde, which gained its independence from Portugal during Cristina's lifetime in 1975. The poet talked about self-consciously writing creation myths for his nation. This poem sees the rocks taking form, physically creating the archipelago of his homeland. And there is more going on. The original Portuguese version includes two words in creole, a Portuguese-based creole, indeed the oldest still-spoken creole in the world. These two words, rocha scriba, refer to a rock on one of Cape Verde's islands, which is inscribed with a message in a written language that has not been deciphered, and points to the presence of other peoples on the island long before the Portuguese arrived. The markings are now very hard to make out, having been eroded over the years. And so, the story of the birth of one society contains within it echoes of the death and loss of another, older society. Similarly, Garay's poem, Death of a Princess, brings us full circle by ending with lines about birth. You can dig deeper into African poetry, languages and literature with the PTC's upcoming Radical Approaches Reading Group Part 3, Language Hegemony in African Literature. Nigerian writer and linguist Kola Tobison will lead an online reading group through an examination of African literature, the role of colonial languages and possible futures. Language is both a medium for communication and a repository of culture and knowledge. African literature has grappled with the issue of language for many decades, but has invariably reverted to English as the default language of creativity. In this series of readings, essays and arguments, Tobosun will draw upon his own experience of working with the language archive at the British Library. Together, the group will examine the role of colonial languages in African literature, English, French and Portuguese, and the opportunities or drawbacks 
for an alternative reality where African languages themselves become the medium of creative expression. What are we missing when we default to English? How is this time, with the internet at our disposal, different from the 60s? And what opportunities does this new generation present for the future of African languages and literature? We will be talking about all these things over four fortnightly sessions starting on February 6th. If you'd like to sign up for the reading group, head to poetrytranslation.org, where you will find a link to the Radical Approaches Reading Group Part 3 on the homepage. There you will be able to sign up and pay what you want. The department would like to gratefully acknowledge the support of Arts Council England and all our other funders and donors for making it possible for us to work with poets and translators from all around the world. Tradition dictates that we present our sponsors with an imaginary dessert at the end of each podcast, in thanks. But the Dual Poetry Podcasts Department for Births, Deaths and Marriages must admit that it is at a loss this week, trying to think what dessert would best reflect the grand themes of this week's poems. So... We're going to chance our arm and offer up an egg, a slice of wedding cake, and a shot of whiskey from an Irish wake. Since they are all imaginary, you are free to conjure up the versions of these things that best meet your dietary requirements. If you're not yet a donor, head to www.poetrytranslation.org support us and give what you can so you can really savour your egg, cake, and whiskey. How about a little bonus content? I can recommend Birth, the 2004 film by Jonathan Glazer. The film includes the second best fist fight during a piano recital in cinema history. Written in part by Jean-Claude Carrier, the French screenwriter who penned many of Louis Brunel's later films. That's it for now. I'm closing the office for the day. The Department of Births, Deaths and Marriages hours of business are unhelpful and ultimately unknowable. While you can enjoy translated poems 24-7 on the PTC website, please make sure you sign out before you leave.